Marketing and selling is essential in your online business. And when you have the right strategies and mindset, you not only can make a lot of money, but you can change a lot of lives. Welcome to the Online Marketing Podcast, where we help course creators, membership owners, and coaches market and sell their offers. We're your hosts, Paul and Melissa Pruitt. Let's dive in and get started. Welcome to our launch interview series, where Paul and I interview successful online entrepreneurs about their launches. In this interview, we talk to Anne LaFollette. Anne LaFollette's business is all about design and art, and she didn't start off that way. She actually had a major life transition, which brought her into the online space. In this interview, Anne shares what it was like to get started in the online business, do her first launch, and the things that she did to continue launching the consistency and the perseverance she had to build her successful business and what she has today. So let's go ahead and dive in today's interview. So Anne, super excited to have you here today. Melissa and I have known you for several years. We've been raving fans of yours behind the scenes for a long time, and it's just an honor to have you on the podcast today. Before we really get rolling into all things launching in our worlds, I'm sure you just woke up one day and you're instantly like the launching queen and like doing everything perfectly and in this internet marketing space with all this incredible energy. I'm sure that's you just woke up one day and that's how things were, right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I would have to say, though, that my story is a little different from that and might be kind of inspiring for your audience because I actually knew nothing about the online world or what an opt-in was or even what internet marketing meant because I had a corporate career for 30 years. And in my corporate career, I didn't do the online side of the business. I did the brick and mortar side of retail. And I worked at several big companies for a really long time. And then one day, my boss called me into his office, totally unexpectedly. I just actually had my year-end review and had spectacular results. And he said, well, we just reorganized and you don't have a job here anymore. (laughs) And I laugh about it now, but it was not funny at the time. It was so not funny. And my entire identity was corporate. I'd always done corporate. My dad had done corporate. So I didn't really know what I was going to do. I was in my late 50s. So, of course, my first task was let's find another job. And that didn't go so well. It didn't go so well. (laughs) So, to be honest, I'm having a hard time kind of remembering what the spark was. I think the spark to reinvent myself came from my husband and my son, who I'm so incredibly blessed to both live with and be supported by. Because my husband was realizing I was pretty depressed because I kept putting on my suit and I kept going to these interviews and I kept not getting the jobs. And he reminded me over dinner one night that I had this huge box of art supplies in the basement that were gathering dust But whenever we travel, we'd go into like a little craft store and I'd get some new colored pencils, which I'd never use. I'd put them in the box that that was in the basement. Long story short, he said, and given the fact it may take you a while to get another job or never, (laughs) why don't you bring that box up from the basement and just play around? Because you were always creative as a kid. You've always kind of wanted to do more kind of art. Maybe this would be a great sort of partial therapy, but also something else might come of it. And he was so right because I started to just explore my creativity. That was actually the first time I started to go online to learn how to do art because I didn't go to art school, but I found an online course and I fell in love with this thing called surface design. 
fine, which is to do doodles and put them on fabric and turn them into a shirt or whatever you want. It doesn't even have to be fabric. It can be paper. So long story short, I discovered that you could have a online business. And that is actually how I transitioned from my corporate world to starting to learn about in my late 50s. So if I can do it, anybody can do it. Started to learn about this whole online thing. Oh, I love that. I that love is that. so incredible, especially when you rewind back and you referencing, because I think a lot of us, like our families, it's like, I just remember like my stepfather, he started his first job when he was 17 years old. And like up until his seventies, like that was his identity. That's who he was. And I think our parents and our grandparents, like this whole, in the middle of our lives, having our job disappear Mm. is definitely a newer thing in this new world. Like we hear all these things online ever since, especially post pandemic, like what's quiet quitting and loud quitting and silent firing and all this other stuff, this new language. And you were just slightly ahead of that curve at the yeah. time happening. Yeah, it's not so unusual now to lose your corporate job. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And listen, I think that one of the things that's so important for all of us is we have to figure out how to be resilient and mm-hmm. we have to not give up, right? I'm 65 now, so I've been in this online world for five years. I'm just hitting my fifth year anniversary and we can do hard things. We can learn new things. We're super smart. If we dedicate the time to it and take it one step at a time, we absolutely can learn totally new skills. And I have to say, not having a boss anymore is awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Isn't that great that you could be your own boss and you don't have to go to anybody? I love that. I love that. I don't have to go to anybody. I run my business exactly the way I want. Nobody can sit me down and take my job away from me. I am totally feeling empowered in this next stage of my life. And I have to say, it's just fantastic. It's wonderful. So rewinding back and going back to that moment where you're like, okay, I've discovered this world. I know there's this online business opportunity. Can you go back? and talk about the first time you did your first launch in this online space. Can you give us a little bit of background about that? So one thing I need to give a lot of credit to my mom. My mom knew that I was super creative as a kid, but she didn't know what to do with me because nobody in my family was an artist. And so that's why I went the corporate route. And I actually loved my corporate job. It was a great gig while I had it. But to answer your question, as I was learning how to launch and I did my first launch, I, first of all, One of the things I want people to know is you have to, I wrote in my notes, when you do your first launch, make sure you hydrate, make sure you get a lot of sleep and give yourself grace if something goes wrong and keep moving forward because something probably will go wrong and that's okay. You can continue to move forward because you're going to learn so much. So my first launch was at the very tail end of 2018, and I was launching a membership called the Pattern Design Club. And I was completely terrified. It's like, what is this online thing? Can I even do this? I got to go live. I'm going to be teaching something before I make my offer. But when it was over, and I think that I made like $6,000 or something, it was like, oh my goodness. I just made money through this computer. (laughs) I just made money through this computer. And I love everyone who found me. And I love everyone who is still from that cohort in my creative community. And I think that's really important for people to remember that you have to love what it is that you do and love the people that you serve because it keeps you going. And then they also give you grace when something doesn't go right because they want to hang with you. 
want to learn with you. They want you to continue to serve them. So that was my first launch. And it was like, wow, so much learning. Wow. And it's really exciting to think about also, because you said it very quickly and just to like to circle back on that first launch, that this wasn't necessarily even a topic or something that you knew for the first 50 years of your life and you were the expert in. This is something that in recent time, like in this pivot and shift and your family's like, oh, go get some art supply. You did that thing as an escape. Maybe there's something there. And then you took this online course and you're like, wow, this is really cool. And then I guess you, did you like reflect in a moment? Like, you know what? I went through life transition and now I'm leaning into something new. There's got to be other people just like me that are searching for something very similar. I'm just curious in that moment, how did you even figure out to even look into launching, even to put a product out in the world. Was there something that happened there? Yeah, for sure. And the reason I had brought my mom up and then I lost my train of thought, because, you know, I am a little old, is (laughs) that she said, you have to go find the experts. You absolutely have to go find the experts. You have to invest in your education and go learn from people who know how to do it. Don't try to make it up (laughs) on your own. (laughs) And so back then, the first two people I found were Jeff Walker Brendan Burchard and actually three and Stu McLaren. And I actually took Stu McLaren's course first, which is why I launched a membership first. And anyway, to answer your question, it's so, so important to lean into expertise. And you both have this incredible expertise in the online marketing space. And it's very important for everyone to understand how valuable that is and that they need to listen to your advice and (laughs) not mess around with it too much, right? Because you have so much experience about what actually works if people implement it. Those are the two key things is like learn from the experts and then don't just learn. You have to implement, you have to do it because you learn from taking action. Yes, that's so true. And I love that you took that information and you just ran with it. You weren't quite sure how it was all going to turn out, but you just did it, which is what most people they'll sit on the fence and not do that. So that's what I love about your story and how you got there. I think that the other thing I would add is that I'm sort of a type A personality and I was a really good student in school. So give me an assignment and I'll do the assignment. And (laughs) I am not going to deviate from the assignment because I'm not that creative. I'm just going to do the assignment, but I also am very motivated by money. And so So if I spend money on something, I am going to make sure I get that money back within the time frame that I'm supposed to be learning that skill. So if I took somebody's program and it cost $2,000, I was going to implement maybe not during the 12 weeks, but very, very soon thereafter to make that $2,000 investment back. And I tell you, that really helped me, I think, accelerate my learning because I'd go to the next expert who would teach me the launch formula, or I'd go to the next expert who would teach me marketing. And I'd add each one of those pieces to each subsequent launch, which made them better and also made me feel like, okay, well, it's this investment is completely paying off in spades. All these investments paid off in spades. That's wonderful. And I'm glad, I'm glad you referenced that there's different stages because I'm sure the way that you launched the first time is not how you launched today. Like mm-hmm. you gave yourself permission to reiterate and to learn and to grow. And I'm just curious if you were to rewind back and you looked at like one of your first launches that you did and fast forward to now, was there any moments or things that like epiphanies or like little perspectives of things that you've changed or evolved over that period? So, of time? Yeah. So one of the things that I love to do with each launch is even if they don't go that well, I don't completely reinvent them. Yeah. I just change like one thing. I try to change one thing so that I know, well, did that make it better or did that make it worse? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember when my first launch, really, the only thing I cared about was actually shipping out the book that I was giving to everybody. And some of them were in Australia. And I was like, oh my gosh, how do I get this to Australia? <laughs> and then, of course, I just absolutely loved being in community with the 14 people or 23 people who actually came into my membership with that very first launch. But to answer your question more specifically, I think that was kind of the thread through each of my launches was, okay, so that worked really well. Could I add one more thing? The other thing that's so important for everyone to hear is it's always a good time to get started. Mm. It doesn't matter what is going on in the world. It's always a good time to get started. So I got started in 20, essentially the tail end of 2018. I had my first six-figure year in 2019, and then COVID hit. And we, a lot of us were panicked. It's like, I can't sell anything in this environment. And then we realized that those actually were very, very successful years for the online businesses because everyone was stuck at home looking for something new to learn. Mm -hmm. And then in 2022 and 2023, it's like, no, everybody's either going back to the office or they learned how to have their own online business. So there's a lot more competition. So every year brings something new. And you need to embrace whatever that new message or new learning is because it makes you better as an entrepreneur. And you also get this amazing kind of hindsight over time about that you didn't know at the time. But when you look back, it's like, wow, that was really, really a fascinating moment. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. This is so great. I was going to say, this is like almost like a masterclass, all the learning lessons that you've had, because like you said, you've learned through time, it's evolved through time and you've made those adjustments and changes as you pivoted and you've already given so much advice, but any other, like the hydration for sure. And, <laughs> and again, trying to changing one thing at a time, but any other pieces of advice for launching for someone that's like, that's kind of that same situation as yet that you were in that just was getting into this, not quite sure how to, to go into it, going into a launch. What else would you tell them as far as advice from your experience? So I would say, keep it really simple. I mean, my launches are a lot more complicated now because I know what I'm doing. So I can take on something that might not be scalable. So in my first launches, I didn't have video ask on my sales page, which is a super cool little thing that where people can contact you with their questions. I didn't have that for my first two or three years in the business. So keep it simple. You actually can be very successful by keeping it simple. And you learn more by actually having the experience of getting through a launch So that then you can evaluate what worked and what didn't work so you can iterate it and do it the next time. And that's really my biggest piece of advice is keep it as simple as possible in the beginning because it's hard. (laughs) There's a lot of moving parts. So keep it as simple as possible and you'll thank yourself afterwards. True, (laughs) And I think it comes back to you, you referenced resilience earlier on. And I think if all of us try to put all the pieces in that we, the good thing about getting information from different sources as you have over the years, which we've done as well, is when you're in that student mode, it's like, oh, you're just consuming. But then it's so easy to then complicate everything and to try to put too many of those moving parts in. And the interesting thing, again, coming back to resilience, that really means you're kind of shedding the old skin of something, you're moving into a new phase And it's reinventing, like starting at zero. You went through that as well. And so many people we see that are in analysis paralysis, make things really complicated. They stay in the busy work and they're overwhelmed, overloaded. And I know you've seen it as well as we do in some of these circles is that people have an incredible idea and then they watch year after year, other people putting those ideas into the market. And they're like, oh, I had that idea. Oh, they took my thing. 
and they're just stuck like, like spinning their own wheels like, they're doing a lot of work but they're actually they just don't get around to launching and they know? can still do it they're the way they're going to do it is going to be totally unique and so that's so also important for people to know it's like yeah. don't worry that somebody just did it before yeah. you you're going to do it in a totally different way. You're a unique individual. You, the people you're going to attract are going to be different. The way you're going to teach it is going to be different. The way you support your community is going to be different. And so don't give up on that great idea just because you saw two other people do it. Do yeah. your version and stick to it because you absolutely will do it in a totally unique way. The other thing that's so important, I think, is that people now are thinking, oh, my gosh, it's so competitive. And it's like, well, it used to be competitive also at some prior time in history. And the thing is, is that you're building these incredible skills when it's competitive. And you can take even more pride in your success when it's competitive because it's not a layup. There's work to be done and yet you can do it. And taking it one step at a time will lead to amazing success. Yeah, we love and invite competition because if you look at it from a cooperative standpoint, the pie actually gets bigger. Because I know even in your world, like you're really good friends with people that you would consider competitors. And there's this natural feeding off of one another that makes the pie bigger versus smaller. And I think that's more of an abundance mindset that a lot of people need to have. And we love competition because that just that's market proof that there's demand into a topic versus exactly. being like the only one. And then it's like, you don't know if somebody's willing to buy or invest in that category. So speaking into this, like community and everything, if somebody was just starting out, you know, prior to launching, a lot of us need to focus on like building an audience or following or anything. Do you have any like small, quick little tips that you might be able to suggest that somebody's just starting off and it's like, okay, I have an idea, like a seed in my idea, but where do I go? Like, mm -hmm. what, who do I launch this thing to? Yeah, so this is how I did it and I still do it today. So when I was learning about needing to build a community, I created a Facebook business page. And every Wednesday at noon, I would go live on camera. You can go back and watch those videos because they'll be there forever. And I did it from various places in my house. And then friends would call me and say, the lighting there is really bad. And <laughs> but anyway, every Wednesday I would come on and I'd talk about art, creativity and surface design. And that was super stiff in the beginning, but it was always on Wednesday. And I would just post about it on my Facebook feed. And I would also post on Instagram because those were the two kind of places where I decided to focus my attention. And the only person who would show up was my cousin, Katie. And my cousin, Katie lives in my, I have an incredibly supportive family that, and many of them are in Indianapolis. My dad's brother's family lives in Indianapolis. And anyway, Katie would always show up. And then my aunt would also show up. And so it went from one person to two people. So, hey, I tell them my audience. <laughs> and, but I, but what the reason that I bring it up is because, first of all, it was an incredible training for me to have the discipline to show up every week. And I didn't talk for more than 20 minutes. And I didn't have to learn how to manage comments because nobody was there other than my cousin who I could say hello to. But it created this incredible discipline. And then as people started to find me, because those videos are out there forever as people started to find me and then started to show up, I then became more comfortable because I'd gotten over the fear of the camera or the fear of the green dot. I like to call it the green dot on the computer. <laughs> and then I could open up the comments panel and have a little bit of a dialogue with people. And I learned fairly early on that you have to offer something to them. So if you want to learn more about this particular topic, download my free ebook. And it wasn't an ebook at the beginning. It was a one-page PDF that just yeah. talked about surface design. And then eventually, probably 
three years into my business, I said, mm, I probably should beef up that one pager. <laughs> and I made it into an ebook. But, you know, baby steps, right? Baby steps. You basically get started and create that rhythm for yourself. And then, you know, for sure, I grew my audience the fastest by running Facebook ads during my launches. But I still have a community today. I was just, today's Wednesday. I was live at noon and had a wonderful conversation about how chat GPT can help people in the surface design industry with their pattern work. It was fabulous. And there were about 65 people there. Wow. Wow. So from that one person, that one initial person to 65, I mean, and it's just, and it's continuing to grow and you've had like that confidence level, I'm sure. like you said, and that discipline of just doing it consistently, that's really inspiring for someone. Yeah. That reminds me back when we were in the photographer niche and we were in Facebook groups, let's just giving value on things that we were doing ourselves. Our first like informal opt-in, we didn't have an opt-in page. We didn't have a landing page. This was years ago. We were doing really well with headshots and people wanted to know like, oh, what's our email that we send out to people that talk about our pricing? And we got over 500 opt-ins indirectly because people just kept DMing us saying, hey, can you send me? And we kept getting tagged in the Facebook group. We didn't have an opt-in page. We didn't have any, it was just like, it was our like a very manual, old school way of like, hey, reach out to me, I'll email it to you. And then people would just give us their email, give us their email. And it was valuable, right? It was valuable. And so they wanted it and they were happy to give you their email in exchange for it because it was something that they wanted to learn about. Yeah. And thank you for sharing as well. It's like, it was those two family members because I have to say that's always Melissa's mom and dad. Yes. That they're always on any, <laughs> any Facebook lives that we do. And I also remember back then, like in 2015 for us, the first time that we launched a membership, we had two people come into it, but we could have been in our heads and gotten in and said, oh, forget it. It's not worth it. Or we could have said, you know what? The first time I rode a bicycle, I didn't ride it perfectly. I wasn't doing Papa wheelies and all the other fun tricks. You know, first time I roller skated as a kid, I became good really later on, but I didn't, I couldn't stand up on the skates. And it's like, why don't as adults, do we give ourselves permission to fall down a couple of times to then learn and iterate like you've done. So thank you for sharing that journey, because I think a lot of us forget in other seasons of our lives that we had to go through the, those steps. Mm -hmm. And Paul, when the kid falls down, when they're learning to walk, we don't like walk away from them and say, well, that was really bad. We laugh and we cheer and we applaud them and we say, woohoo, that was awesome. Try it again. And so we have to remember that joy of the experience of going from crawling to holding onto the side of the table to taking your first steps, because that's what we're doing in this world as well. Mm -hmm. And we have to recognize that every step forward is like worth cheering about. <laughs> and right, it's mm -hmm. worth cheering about. We need to do that more often. Absolutely. I think all of us need to do that more often. 100%. 100%. You know, because we only see big wins on social media when people like hit the finish line and they raise their hand publicly. But all of us should be celebrating more to ourselves and others, the steps that we take mm -hmm. along that journey, not yeah. just the finish line. Yeah. I think that's really yeah. key. So knowing those little steps that you make along the way, if you were to go back and talk to the Anne that first got started with that very first launch, what advice would you give her? 
So I think that the advice that I would give her and kind of did give myself was back to the word perseverance, that my life was not over. And you guys know my motto is it's never too late to create, which I've trademarked. And because it feels horrible when you've lost your identity and you think your life is over, but you're only like 58. And so for anyone out there listening, your life is not over. If you want to pivot, if you want to try something new, you absolutely can do it. And having family support is really important, but also knowing yourself that you can do it. You can absolutely do it. You just have to make sure that you find who can teach you and give you the best possible advice. And then you need to actually implement what they're telling you to do <laughs> and, <laughs> and have the confidence that if you implement what they're telling you to do, it may not work out perfectly, but you will have learned so much more by moving forward than by still being in this learning mode. Mm -hmm. And I find with my own students that often they're asking me, well, don't you have another course? Can you can I take another course? And I say to them, you don't need more learning. You've got all the learning that you need. Now you need to actually implement and you need to put your artwork out into the world and see how people are reacting to it. And that is really the next evolution of your creative journey. And I'm happy to teach you more stuff, but you don't need more stuff. You need to implement what you have learned already. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought that up because even for Melissa and I, we look at it as two different stages. We have the learning stage and the implementation stage. So sometimes we do put our student hat on, like when AI came around really big and like other trending things, it's like, okay, let's dive in, but then let's give ourselves permission to stop being a student and start putting things into action. And I think a lot of people just perpetually stay in that mm -hmm. learning, 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 consumption, consumption, consumption. And I know I always visually, I'm always like, take the consumer hat off, put a producer hat on. Now you got to like produce, put things out. And also just reiterating what you said as well, because it's for us for marketing, it's for everything in life. It's like what you're talking about with launching and everything. We all need that feedback loop. We need to put something out so that we can get the feedback loop to know like, what do we pivot? What do we adjust? What do we change? So even in art, like it, you learn a certain technique, but as an artist, you're going to evolve over yeah. time. I did that with my photography. It's like, if I could see myself in different stages, if I looked at how I edited or the eye that I had at the time, and we all think in the moment, like we know it all. And then like two years goes by and we look back on that piece and we're like, we knew nothing then. <laughs> and, Which makes it really exciting because you know that there's more to learn, but then you have to implement that to see how it works and then you can right. tweak it. And the other thing, Melissa, that I wanted to make sure I didn't forget to say was that the longer you wait, mm. the more of this big, huge monster, it becomes like the monster under the bed. It's like, when am I going to do my first launch? Or when am I going to offer my first course? And it becomes bigger, way, way, way bigger and it feels way, way, way harder than it actually is. So and just another way to think about implementing, the sooner you can implement, the more you're going to realize it's actually not that big a deal. And you can do it again and everything's not going to go well, but you're going to do much better the second time around. And how quickly you can iterate is going to also really propel your success. Yeah. So in those iterations, you're at the version that you're at now. If we were to go back in that moment and like, because there's some people that are in that life transition but maybe they didn't have something to fall back on. They didn't have like a nest day or opportunity or family members, you know, there to have their back. Because I went through my big life transition when I lost my real estate company back in 2008 and had to reinvent my life. But if there was $500 sitting in the bank account and you're going it back into this internet marketing thing 
And either you're going to build your list to, to launch to, or you're going to put that money right into launching. How would you spend that $500 if you had that opportunity? So I do almost everything myself. So I wouldn't spend any of that money like having somebody do your PDF for you. I would do your PDF yourself. So make sure that you're going to be using that money really to grow your audience. So I would want people to be spending that money on building their email list, to be honest. I think it's super important to get the right people on your email list and to spend the money to go figure out where they are. So I think if I had $500, which is probably what I, I don't even remember how much money I spent on ads in my first launch. It was tiny, but it probably was on running ads to my launch of my membership so that I knew I had a pool of people who were interested in my topic. And then I knew, okay, well, I'm only going to convert one or 2% of them, but that's a start. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because we feel that when we go into a launch, that's like the best time to build our list. And in a way, like what you said, because a lot of people will say, oh, go out and build your list, build your list first, which there's some elements of that. That's true. But it's like, if you build your list, just bringing people into freebie things, there's no guarantee. Like those people are still going to be there when you go to launch. Yeah. Or Make them offer right away. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. I love it. You have given so much advice and information and your experiences. And I hope everyone listening to this really listens to any final advice, words of wisdom from all your experiences on launching, putting yourself out there that you'd like to add. Just that it's never too late to create whatever it is that you're interested in creating. And if I can do it, you can totally do it and give yourself grace give yourself grace. Those would be my three biggest pieces of advice. Wonderful. So, Anne, can you let us know and our audience know how they can connect with you, how they can follow you? Because I'm sure people want to follow your journey as you continue on and all the amazing stuff that you're doing with art and design. Sure. So the best thing for people to do is to go to my website. And I know it'll be in the show notes because it's impossible to spell my name, but it's Anne LaFollette art.com. There's an E at the end of Anne. There's a double L and a double T and an E at the end in La Follette. And then art, A-R-T is easy to spell, but it's annelafollettart.com. Love it. Love it. Awesome. This has been so amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, Anne. We really appreciate it. And we know everyone listening is really going to take the information in and put it to good use. So thanks for sharing your journey with us and your experiences with us. Thank you. Well, I am so incredibly honored to be on your podcast. You both are incredibly inspiring for me. And I learn new marketing techniques. And I know you're always on the cutting edge of like what's working right now. And so I want to make sure your audience realizes the value that they're getting in your communities and the way in which you serve every single day. It's really an honor to be, I believe we're friends and I really appreciate that. We believe that as well. Yes. Yes. It's It's been an honor. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anne. Bye for now. If you would like to work with us and our team to help you snap up more sales and incredible clients with a stellar marketing strategy that works, go to AdaptiveMembership.com and sign up for our wait list. We have a limited number of spots in our exclusive program to set you up for success and take action. We're waiting for you at AdaptiveMembership.com.